Today we conclude our story on Ed Gein. We'll start by discussing the crime that led authorities to him, what they discovered when they searched his house, and whether or not he was competent enough to stand trial. We'll close out by looking at Gein's later life and discussing all the cinematic horror influenced by old saggy baggy eye. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If your childhood dream was to be a gynecologist, but you didn't have enough IQ to get into medical school, stick around. Maybe you're one of the select few who has what it takes to be a gynecologist. This is Necronomapod. He pulled up out on the road and came over and wanted to know if he asked Ed, he says, are you Ed Gein? And Ed said, yeah. And he said, well, would you come with us? In the hamlet of Plainfield, news of the murder spread like wildfire. I ran across the street over to Hills and I rapped on the door and I said, Irene, did you hear about the murder in Plainfield? And she said, yes. And, and she told me who it was then, that it was Mrs. Worden. And she said, you'll never guess who they picked up for. And I said, well, no, who? And she said, well, Eddie Gein. And we both kind of laughed because we knew we wouldn't hurt a fly. <laughs> I'm through with standing in line to clubs I'm never getting. It's like the bottom of the ninth and I'm never going to win. This life hasn't turned out quite the way I want it to be. I want a brand new house on an episode of Cribs and a bathroom I can play baseball in and a king-size tub big enough for 10 plus me. I'm gonna trade this life, fortune, and fame. I'd even cut my hair and change my name. Cause we all just wanna be big rock stars and live in hilltop bosses driving 15 cars. The girls come easy and the drugs go cheap. So where we left off on part one, local bar owner, Mary Hogan had disappeared and Ed loved telling his joke that Mary was at his farm the whole time, which spoiler, that wasn't a joke. (laughs) She's back at my place. (laughs) Very weird. He probably said it over and over again to everyone I would listen. (laughs) It was just no one thought Ed could hurt anyone. Everyone described him as quote, an oddball, but a harmless oddball. We also ended the episode last week talking about kids in Plainfield telling stories of Ed's farm being haunted and the ghost of an old woman dancing in his yard on full moon nights. Was that ghost ever positively identified? As (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was him dressed up like mom, right? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. He was wearing (laughs) later on when we get into it, the inventory, you know, he had the whole inventory, the full skin suit, basically. Is it creepier or less creepy that it was him wearing that as opposed to a ghost? More. Yeah. more creepy. Definitely more yeah. creepy. I would rather it be the ghost. Agreed. I'd rather have Augusta out there. Uh, Jesus didn't want me, <laughs> so I'm back looking for Eddie. 
just out there like dancing to like heaven is a place on earth. <laughs> oh baby, do you know it like this? Oh heaven is a place on earth. I'm glad you sang. <laughs> that Belinda Carlisle? My voice is done. I That's think a good so. Tune. It is a good song. Oh yeah, she's great. These stories in part came from Ed telling kids about his collection of shrunken heads. Ed had a few kids in the area he was friends with, and on a couple of occasions, he let the kids see the heads. I know we'll get into the inventory, like you said later, but they were legit shrunken heads? I don't think they were actually shrunken heads. I just think that they were people's heads, like people that he dug up. They somehow got framed as shrunken heads. Maybe they yeah. do construct a little bit after a while. Yeah, and mm. we're talking younger kids. They're not yeah. like... So these kids maybe knew all along, huh? They had seen some of this evidence. Yeah, there's definitely wow. a few kids that 100% saw yeah. a few of these heads. But did they did they think anything of it? Like, they didn't know anything was going on. Like, they might have just thought, like, oh, like, these are things he bought, like, at a tourist <laughs> store or something. Like, Yeah, Ed said he did say that he acquired them through uh, someone that was overseas. I think he specifically said, like, the Philippines. Oh, well, that's legitimate means, then. It's fine. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, through World War Two or one, whatever. Like, that know. used to be a big thing, shrunken heads. Like, ooh, mm -hmm. shrunken heads. He probably was like us uh, with our Aztec uh, death whistles. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Terrifying sounds. Um, you know, we decided one night at 10 o'clock that we wanted these. And I had on my doorstep by the time I woke up <laughs> the next morning. Because Amazon's the greatest fucking thing in the world. Maybe he got his off Amazon. Shrunken heads are pretty controversial. Like They're looked down upon. A different time. Yeah. You know, a but, time when he also didn't have Amazon. But like with the uh, like slavery and things with them, because there's a <laughs> an oddity shop in Lakewood. Um, Suburb of Cleveland. They have a real shrunken head and it's for sale. We've talked it's about this like, before. I, I think they want it. 25,000 for it. Mm. God damn. I would not want that. That's someone's head. Like that person lived. That's their head. Like it was big in the Amazon, right? Like mm -hmm. tribes would kill the other or go to war with the other tribes. I guess there's some slavery stuff that has to do with it. Like it's pretty frowned upon. I could see that. Sure. But that's that shop has one and they have it for sale. Very dehumanizing. I could not have that. No. There's absolutely no way. I didn't even like looking at it. I like mean, being I close to it like that. I don't want it in my house, but. You know, in the studio here, fine. Oh, I, yeah. I don't, sure. I don't, I don't uh -huh. sleep here. That's bad juju, man. Anybody yeah. A fucking shrunken head in my house. Mm -mm. So around this time, Ed went to his closest neighbors and proposed a trade. Since Ed didn't need all the space on the farm, he said that he would do an even trade for their house. And in return, they would get the farm. When they went to his house to look at it, they could obviously see that the house was not taken care of at all, and it was filthy. Like we said last week, there was rats running around. and You can look at some of those crime scene photos from later, and yeah, it's a it's total disgusting. fucking wreck. It's disgusting. It's one of those ones where you question how someone could even live in there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no um, utilities, really. Mm -mm. You know, it's just an abandoned farm that he's living in pretty What's much. What's it smell like? And Well, we get into that. That farm is 200 acres, too, I, I read. I didn't realize it was that big. It's a nice chunk of property. 
those neighbors didn't really get to see much of the house because Ed had a lot of the rooms boarded off. Eventually, his neighbor's wife asked Ed about a rumor she heard that Ed had a collection of shrunken heads. She pointed at one of the boarded up doors and asked if he had the shrunken heads in there. And Ed replied, telling her, no, they're not in that room. They're in the one over here. Once again, they just thought Ed was joking around, <laughs> whatever. But What was going to be his plan had they said, yeah, we'll trade? Maybe he just left and said, fuck it. Like the house was question. now theirs and he was just out of town, like gone. He's going to call the police and report that his neighbors <laughs> killed a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody knows. Like we said this last week because so we jumped ahead a bit. Everybody knows this story for the most part. I think Ed did get, you know, he's going to get um, found not guilty on reason of insanity. I think there's no real rhyme or reason to what Ed does. Sure. You know, because they determined that he just really, truly did not understand right from he wrong. He wasn't thinking five steps ahead. Like, yeah. To, or in my mind, perhaps he would have had them sign something to trade then killed them, left them in that house. But now he owns their house. Mm hmm. A whole other house now he has to board <laughs> up and put bodies in and trunk heads. But yeah, he probably wasn't thinking ahead. He probably just got that in his mind that day about something about trading it. And mm -hmm. maybe he just wanted a company over to his house. This is the way to get him in. Hey, I'll trade you. Come look around. Other than little kids who came to see him. Maybe he was going to kill them. Maybe so. We talked about, you know, all the stuff his mother did to him. I'm, that life being raised like that for that many years is not going to leave you mentally stable. And those blue balls that have been building up for how long that poison is going to back up into your brain, <laughs> and drive you crazy, no matter who you are. Poison. Is that how it works? You got to get the poison out, man. Are you kidding me? How old is he? Like 38. That was when his yeah. brother died. This is how many years later he's in his forties, right? Yeah. Oh, come on. His whole body's poisoned after that. <laughs> Can't go that long. Mm -mm. Ball swollen down to his knees. Exactly. <laughs> it's no way to live. <laughs> Jesus ain't the cure for that, Eddie. <laughs> well, unless you're into that, right? Like into blue balls. Just I don't know. Guys with ripped bodies strung up just to look at and get yourself off to. I don't know. Could be somebody's thing. Certainly not mine. Like up on a cross, is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> I didn't say that, but perhaps if that's your thing, then Jesus could take care of you quite well. But who am I? I chose my confirmation name after after the Texas rattlesnake. So. <laughs> he is the savior, Mike. He is the savior. Don't even go get me started on that road because you are correct, sir. On November fifteenth, nineteen fifty-seven, Ed went to the local hardware store owned by Bernice Warden. Ed went to the store all the time, and a lot of the times he was asking Bernice out on dates. She had no interest in dating Ed. So I guess he did loosen up a bit. He did eventually, After Augusta yeah. died, he's out looking for dates. He had an alcohol, maybe. Going to the bar. Good for him. Maybe he was emptying those balls someplace. <laughs> well, I think I know where he was doing that, Ed. <laughs> those graveyards. <laughs> Bernice's son, Frank, worked full time at the store and said Ed had come in that day asking more than once if Frank would be out hunting the next day because it was the opening day of, uh, of deer hunting season. So everybody was all geared up for it. Ed finally left the store saying that he would be back the following day to buy some antifreeze. And so he asked multiple times about what the price of the antifreeze was. <laughs> Roll focused on that. 
On November 16th, Frank returned from hunting to find that the hardware store was locked. However, the lights were still on. This was immediately suspicious because the store would have been very busy on the first day of hunting. Frank went home to get the key for the store. And the first thing that he noticed was that the cash register was gone. And there were bloodstains leading to the back of the store. He also found a receipt on the counter for antifreeze. And he immediately thought to himself that Ed Gein must have done something. Not too hard to make that leap, right? <laughs> By about 7 p.m., officers and investigators from surrounding areas had come into town to help with the search for Bernice. Because Frank was so adamant that Ed did something, they started looking for Ed. Ed frequented his neighbors for dinner, and often he spent times with their teenage son. That's where the whole shrunken head shit came from. Ed went out more than I do. That whole loner thing seemed to have uh, dissipated, right? He does go out more than I do, too. All over the place. (laughs) He's at dinner next door, the neighbors. He's a socialite. Yeah. You want from him. I go to two stores (laughs) in here. That's about it. Taco Bell. (laughs) Well, I DoorDash now. He's got me on the DoorDash thing. I don't do anything anymore. (laughs) I mean, it's great. You just pay double for your meal. Sometimes more than double. Yeah. A lot of times I can't drive at that point in the (laughs) evening. You know. Well, that's a smart call. You should not be driving then. Yes. You pay that extra. You have to sometimes. Stuff. There's just nothing open. We went to the baseball game the other night. We came home. We went to Waffle House. We got to get some food. We sat there for 20 minutes and no one helped us. We're like, all right, fuck this Waffle House. Let's go across the street to Denny's instead. We leave. We go across the street. Denny's is closed. Like, all right, last resort, Taco Bell. We'll grab something from there. And we'll just go home. We got there at 101. They close at 1 a.m. now for some reason. <laughs> like, are you got to be shitting me. It was a very frustrating night. It was not good. I think this next part really points towards, or it's really an example of Ed not knowing the difference between right and wrong because that neighbor, their son asked Ed to take him into town to see what was going on with Bernice Warden. And Ed had no problem. He's like, hey, let's go jump in the, in my truck and I'll take you in town see what's I'm, going I'm on. I'm curious too, young man. <laughs> <laughs> or, I, mean, <laughs> I think that's right. But do you think there's maybe a chance like he, he was like, yeah, I want to go back. Like he was going to maybe get off on it. I'm like the scene going on. Like this is the guy hmm. that would dig up graves and, you know, we'll get to that. But what he was doing and, and stuff. You know, would he have maybe wanted to go see the panic that he created and the fear? He doesn't fear? seem like that kind of guy. I see what you're saying. I'm not but he's sure that's his on, MO. He is does it? get off on like the death and like the, the cruelty of it, kind of. Could there be something to be hmm. said about watching the other people? He, in my mind and from reading the book, um, Deviant, it's like that whole thing with Richard Chase where like when schizophrenia turns violent, like Richard Chase didn't get off on anything. He just yeah. got it in his head that he didn't have enough blood or he was actively mm-hmm. losing blood. So he needed to get more, you know, and that turned and into so, what that turned into. Mm-hmm. But and so in Gein's case, you just think it was more of he did what he did, got off on what he got off on. And in this case, didn't even really recognize the scenario. I don't think he did. Based on, you know, what I've, what I've yeah. read and stuff like that. Okay. It just doesn't seem like... I think that's right. I was just offering an alternative thought. The way that Harold Schechter 
describes Ed like when he digs up a corpse of a woman, he paints it as like a child looking at a woman's body and not mm. knowing what to do, but being very interested. Like in enamored it. with it. Yeah. When a man <laughs> digs up a woman. <laughs> <laughs> this whole episode is just we have a whole soundtrack to this episode right that's what the third song now we've sung yeah like he gets into real detail about like ed spreading the legs of one of the corpses and like like very childlike yeah being interested but it smells too bad at the same time and because it's a fucking corpse that he just dug up oh it's just a corpse <laughs> never mind i had a different train of thought okay no, this is someone that was buried for a while. I thought it was just a stank vagina. He <laughs> <No. laughs> probably was just, you know, as all of us do, that boyish wonder <laughs> opened to those thighs and was like, where is this clit? <laughs> and then you just keep looking. Never found it. Next thing you know, your skull fucking their decapitated head, right? <laughs> the frustration will get you there. Believe me. <laughs> Not sure we have proof that Ed did that. Just saying. <laughs> Just telling you where my frustrations <laughs> may have led me. In. So as Ed was leaving to take their son into town, police pulled up and asked him to step out of his vehicle. And they told Ed they wanted to ask him some questions. He gave them no trouble, and they asked Ed what he had been up to that day. They asked him again what he was up to, and his story was different a second time. 30 seconds later. Yeah, like pretty much like right after. <laughs> like they, he tells the story about what he was doing and then they talk for, you know, like mm -hmm. you said, like 30 seconds, whatever. And they're like, hey, Ed, could you just tell me again what you were up to today? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we've determined he's a pretty low IQ guy. He probably would have trouble keeping a lie straight multiple times, I would think. Probably not I a think strong suit. Probably makes yeah. sense. Like, not even a situation of panic, just not even really understanding what was going on and what the situation sure. was. And I think that's why he's the only serial killer ever to get get the insanity plea to work. Oh, spoiler alert, pal. <laughs> Jesus. He just said it 10 minutes ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was not listening then, apparently. Spoiler alert. Yeah, where's your little sound? I don't have it. <laughs> She's jumping two pages ahead here. Why is anyone even listening at this point? <laughs> at that point, Ed said that he was framed and they asked him for what? And he just straight up said Bernice's death. At that point, no one knew that she was dead. So police were like, well, Ed, we need to go look at your property. Oh. I didn't kill that woman. Bernice is in my. <laughs> <laughs> what? I had nothing to do with Bernice's death. The what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> they first searched Ed's shed. And they were hoping that if they were lucky, Bernice was just being held captive by Ed. Like we said, there's no utilities. So it's all dark. It's dark, yeah. Um, the police went into the shed with their flashlights and they're searching around. And one of the officers bumped into something and turned around with his flashlight to find a decapitated woman's body hanging upside down from the ceiling. And she had been cut all the way from her neck to her vagina, basically dressed like a deer. So, like, we're also talking, this is Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Like, in the winter, did he just freeze? Like, if he's got no utilities going on, he's got no heat, he's got no air, no electricity. He, he had one stove. of those. Yeah, he had a wood stove right so next to his bed. So he did have a wood stove there? Mm -hmm. Like, right next to his bed. Goddamn. 
Mm. So I assume this was Bernice, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, this was Bernice. Well, that's quite a scene. That's a horror movie scene. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, he had her, you know, through her Achilles tendon, like that area oh. of the ankle, like stakes put mm-hmm. through, like, to a to a big board. You can look at the pictures. They're out there. Yeah. They're not pleasant. I will not. Yeah, and her wrists are, you know, yeah. up. Isn't that, uh, what's the scene? We talk about this a few times. Is that hostile? Where they cut the girl's Achilles? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Closest I, I think I've ever come to puking watching a movie. I don't know why that bothered me so much. Because, right, she's tied up in a chair mm-hmm. and, like, they let her go and she thinks she's free. And, like, she goes to walk, but they cut. Ugh. And it, like, zooms in on that. Yeah, like, they had already cut it. She didn't know. Is that Hostel 2? Is it the second one? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't it's remember one of either. them. I'm getting, I'm seeing kaleidoscopes. We're going to have to. Uh... <laughs> the one that always gets me is Saw 3. I think it's Saw 3, maybe 2. Whenever the girl gets dropped into the pit of used needles. Oh, so I don't. That is brutal. I don't specifically remember that one. That was his assistant, his helper, wasn't it? I don't when know. When he included her to punish her, I think. She was just like crawling oh. around in all these needles. <sighs> I remember the one where the guy had to put his hand in that box. That's the same one. And then wasn't it like, like, was it glass? I remember it being the needles, but I think I'm mixing up the two. Yeah. So when he pulled his hand down, it like, you could cut. like yeah. you couldn't, it would cut your wrist, but like, yeah. Oh, saw three. I'm might getting woozy. Just talking the, about it. the most extreme of all of them. I think that was saw three, right? I think it was the same movie. Cause yeah. I think that's why I'm mixing up the needles with the, the glass. Yeah. I remember thinking it was needles that were going to cut his wrist, but I think it's it's the two different scenes. I love Saw. Those are fucked up, yeah. Except the last one. Did you see the last one with Chris Rock? No, I didn't. How many not <laughs> good <laughs> at all. Five or six. How many did they make? Like eight, I think. Oh, did they get up Got to eight? Them. Oh, maybe I haven't seen them. I think like six might have been the last I saw of Saw. The last one is so fucking bad. Yeah, why do you keep going with stuff? Like, end it on a high note. Like we should have done after missing four one one. Like just go out on top. <laughs> I don't know. That first Saw movie is one of the greatest horror movies ever. I just remember, still good. remember I watching agree. it. Like holy shit, <laughs> who fucking wrote this movie? But like we said, I find myself remembering Saw three even more, which maybe just speaks to the whole franchise. Yeah, all oh, those first couple are great. Well, like once one, Tobin Bell left and wasn't in them anymore. Is that the first one? The mask. It's like cutting their, their face. The first one was they, just the two of them in the bathroom. Remember Danny Glover was the cop yeah. working it separately. Didn't they, wasn't that the one with like, like they had a, uh, something over their head? I think that popped, was Saw 3 too. Where it popped their jaw back when it. Maybe. Maybe Saw 3 is just fucking etched <laughs> in my brain. It's something I should <laughs> never watch again. That's good stuff. Let's get into what else investigators found, which is the famous list of what was going on in Ed's house. They found tons of whole human bones and fragments. A small trash can made of human skin. Human skin covering several chair seats. He's big on the human skin stuff, huh? Well, I think that's where that um, the Nazi shit comes into play. We talked about her last week. We the, did. The bitch of Buchenwald. That's right. There were rumors of her skinning you know jewish or concentration camp prisoners and then you know using them to make lampshades shit like that so i think ed took this directly from those stories like oh that sounds fun 
there were skulls on his bedposts, random skulls lying around, some of them with the top sawed off. There were bowls made from human skulls that Ed did use to eat his, oh. his beans out of. Oof. A corset made from a female torso, skinned from the shoulders to the waist. I like that he's making corsets. He's getting all fancy. Not just a shirt or something. He wanted to be yeah, a corset. fashion designer, right? <laughs> Leggings made from human skin. Masks made from the skin of female heads. Mary Hogan's face made into a mask and in a paper bag, which that picture is fucking terrifying. Oh. Mary's face is a mask. It is. For the record, if people want to see these, Google them. We will not, we're not going to post any of this. What? No. The one of Mary Hogan's face is haunting because she... It's a it's her face. It's, her face. it's a mask. Yeah. yeah, she has no eyes. And presumably, that's what he was wearing outside dancing, right? One hundred percent. Yeah. So that is scarier than a ghost. That. I would oh. rather oh, see yeah. the ghost. Oh, I, I'm not yeah. disagreeing at all. A hundred percent. Necronomapod cooldown media approved. I'd rather see a fucking ghost. We want the ghost. Than you wearing another human's face as a mask. I want the ghost. <laughs> Show me the ghost. Y'all want to see a ghost? Say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish you had that clip right now. You need the fucking leprechaun. This amateur sketch. <laughs> he had Mary Hogan's skull in a box. That's a terrible picture, too. Yeah. <laughs> Bernice Warden's entire head in a burlap sack. Bernice Warden's heart in a plastic bag, which Harold Schechter makes sure to point out that um, I guess it was found next to the stove or close to the kitchen. And then newspapers just inched it <coughs> all the way to, oh, Ed had it in a, it was in a, you know, a frying pan and he was going to eat it. Oh, they framed him as a cannibal. Yeah. And he, there, I don't think there's any evidence to that. Nine Volva in a shoe box. That's a good band name. Thank you, Plainfield. You've been a great crowd. We are Nine Volva in the shoe box. We'll see you next time. We love you. I'd go see that band. He would wear those like over. And his wiener. Mm-hmm. Mm. But to be a woman, right? I mean, that's that seems to be what his what his what he wanted. So some of the reports I read said that he was just trying to recreate his mom, like to crawl back into her body, to crawl into her skin. But trying to be a woman nonetheless. Yeah, like to become his mother. Yeah. I mean, all that makes sense. I mean, that might be just, you know, Imagine that, hypothesizing, that but it makes sense. Imagine you're talking to somebody, you know, you're out at the store or something, you run into somebody and all while they have a dead woman's vulva. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging on their wiener? Yeah, under their pants. Oh. They found a young girl's dress and, quote, the vulvas of two females judged to have been about 15 years old. Oh, my God. That would lead you to think about the, the couple teenage girls that we talked about last week that went missing. That can't be confirmed, you know, that Ed was a part of that, but. And the, and the kids were the ones that he had the trust with, right? Like. They liked the kids more liked him. They they was his friends. Everybody saw Ed as weird. Ed but liked it was the kids ki more just for friendship. Right. Yeah. But science being what it was back then, there was no way to identify where these came from, right? 
whether they were was like dug that. up, whether he had killed them, whether they came from here or there. Yeah, and with these ones, it was like they were given at the eye test. Like these vulvas look a lot younger than oh, these vulvas. That is so vile. Well, and I think what we'll get to in a little bit too. He kind of admitted to what he tried to dig up or dug up, and so maybe they took him at that too. If he never said mm-hmm. he dug up any kids, I don't know. Maybe that played a role in why it was whatever could be determined yeah. from that. It's almost like a Ed Green Ed Gein Christmas you could have, like on the on the first day of Christmas. <laughs> Ed Gein gave to me <laughs> Volva in a pear tree. Or on my wee wee. <laughs> a Volva hanging on my wee wee. <laughs> so he had a belt made of human nipples, four noses, and then uh kind of along the lines with your Christmas thing. He had a pair of lips on a window shade drawstring. Jesus, this made Christ. me think well, of. You gotta like, close your blinds, right? Well, this made me think of like a really, really fucked up Pee Wee Herman playhouse, like where these lips would like talk when they came down. Dave, you got your soundboard? <laughs> this guy is so unprepared tonight; it's fucking Come on. ridiculous. <laughs> Four noses. What are you doing with noses? Just holding on to them, I guess. Uh, and he had a lampshade made from the skin of a human face. No cash register, huh? No shrunken heads and no cash register. Where'd no. the cash register go? Probably just thrown with all the other mm. random shit in his house. After he used it to beat Bernice's head in, probably. Mm. Maybe yeah. it was a setup. Maybe Frank killed Bernice, stole the money, stole the store, and framed Ed for the whole thing. What do you think about that? And then implant, uh, planted all the, the human body parts in Gein's house. Could have happened. <laughs> Might be a few holes in my story. There's no <laughs> proof that it didn't happen. Unfortunately, that's not how science works. Mm. Yeah, he had some full, some full heads, too, in his bedroom. Like full graveyard heads? Just yeah, just like hanging up on the wall. Can you imagine going to sleep in a room like this? What? No, but I, there's a lot in this story I can't imagine. I mean, we'll talk about it at the end about, you know, the Hollywood stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it is like a true horror movie. Absolutely. Hi, friends. Your pal Dave here with an exciting new educational opportunity from your friends at Cooldown Media. Introducing the Necronomapod Gynecological Institute. Folks, we're all familiar with the practice of gynecology and its importance on the overall health and well-being of a woman's reproductive system. But what many of you may not realize is how important the well-being and use of a woman's reproductive system is after she is no longer among the living. That's where gynecology comes in. Named after our founder and spiritual leader, Edward Theodore Gein, the study of gynecology seeks to gain a broad knowledge base and understanding of women's reproductive systems who are in a post-mortem status. Did you know that the very first fleshlight commonly referred to as a pocket pussy, was in fact created by Edward. At the time of his arrest, he was testing roughly nine subjects from which to model the first prototype. Unfortunately, due to the police framing Edward as a result of an evidence mix-up and some mean town folk, Edward was never able to fully complete his life's work. That's where you come in. Once you're accepted into the program at NGI, you'll be immersed in hands-on training starting on day one. For legal reasons, we are unable to list specific courses, but rest assured, they're quite invasive. You'll learn to handle that post-mortem pussy like the superstar you were destined to be. Anyone can be a gynecologist. Only the most talented among us can be a gynecologist. Take the first step and apply today. 
Financial aid is available for those that qualify. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. You ever have one of those days where you couldn't wait to get to sleep at night, but as soon as you put your head down, all your problems come racing back into your mind, keeping you up, tossing and turning all night? Yeah, it happens to a lot of us. It seems we all tend to focus more on our problems instead of focusing on solutions to these problems. How do you think your life could change if you had a different mindset on problems, focusing more on solving them as opposed to stressing about them day in and day out? It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode, especially when faced with challenges in life. But when you can learn to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. Working with a therapist can help you become a better problem-solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small they are. Your mental health should be taken seriously. Nothing can cripple your day or stunt your motivation more than feeling depressed, anxious, or sad. We all have a lot of problems to deal with in our daily lives, be it the struggles of work, raising a family, or even paying bills. Focusing more on problem solving can help improve your mental health. And for that, BetterHelp is here for us. If you've been on the fence about trying therapy, BetterHelp is a great option for you. It's convenient, affordable, and entirely online. After filling out just a brief survey, you'll get matched with a therapist, and you'll be able to switch therapists anytime you want. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com Necro today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp.com Necro. And thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring today's podcast. When police took Ed in, he wouldn't speak for the first 30 hours. And they got frustrated with him, too. Like, the sheriff threw him up against the wall and kind of did that whole tough cop thing like you know held him up there and screaming at him beat him a little bit right yeah well enough so that i read that his his initial confession was inadmissible which is interesting yeah they were not kind to ed ed's a a serial murderer but at the same time you can't yeah you know he looks like a sweet little man be hard to beat him up right (laughs) you can't be in there beating him up ed asked for a piece of apple pie with a slice of cheddar cheese on top and once he ate that he started to confess to everything during his confession ed admitted to investigators that between 1947 and 1952 he made as many as 40 trips to three local cemeteries to dig up recently buried bodies like he would specifically look at newspapers to see if there were you know what what females had passed Mm. away recently he claimed to have only successfully dug up nine bodies on those trips because it was so hard to you know, actually dig up a grave. Investigators opened three of the graves confirmed by Ed to find that he was telling the truth, and they didn't continue to open any more graves. They just took his word for it. So I'm assuming he must have been pretty neat in his work and put these graves back together almost perfectly because no one seems to have noticed, right? Yeah, you would notice dug up graves, right? You would you, think. Unless, yeah, was he think. going for like freshly buried? Yeah, he was looking for like, you know, people just recently buried. So maybe you just noticed the pile back and no one paid attention. I guess that's the easiest to do. Yeah. It's like you have to dig up the grass that's been growing for right. years. That makes sense. Did he ever try to dig up Augusta? No, but he did go out there multiple times. Because he believed he could resurrect her. Right. Thinking that he could will her back with just like how much he missed her. Mm I miss Amy Winehouse. I've tried to will her back a lot of times. It's never worked yet. It's an interesting 
stream of conscious that Dave just went through, I think, there. <laughs> my mind just circled around who's a dead person I missed, and uh, Amy Winehouse popped to my head. But you would not dig her up. You just want to will her back. Mm, not at this point. Too much time's gone by. First couple days. Eh. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll accept her back, Dave. I, I hope you can resurrect her. One I've, I've been trying. It's been a long time, though, at this point. I'm not sure it's going to happen. After Ed spent 30 days in a hospital, he was deemed as mentally incompetent. And at that point, he couldn't be tried for first degree murder. The people of Plainfield weren't happy about the decision. They wanted Ed tried for murder. Ed was committed to the Central State Hospital in Waupon, Wisconsin. Soon after, Ed was sentenced to the hospital. His farm went up for auction, along with some of his belongings. Thousands of people came to Plainfield to see what stuff that they could uh, to get from, from Ed's farmhouse. Were those flashlight prototypes uh, being auctioned off? Don't believe so. Oh, okay. Just checking. <laughs> Would you have purchased a used fleshlight prototype? Oh Dave? my god, I don't think so. Oh, okay, <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't a resounding no. It was an I don't think so. As a collector, not as a to put into circulation or okay. anything of like course. that. Sure. Some of the things that were auctioned off were his car, furniture, and some musical instruments. Which I don't know, like the musical instruments thing. It all had to have just been broken, and people wanted it for, um, just for the fact that it came out of his farmhouse. Probably. Cheryl sure. Checker talks about. It. You can see it in the pictures, and and he describes it. Um, there's a famous picture with a with a violin, and it's just all broken. Like everything in that house was just all fucked up. It was just a big mess. Yeah. Piles of shit. The company that handled the business of selling Ed's stuff planned to charge a fee of 50 cents to look at Ed's property, to which the people of Plainfield uh, were not thrilled. That's not inviting a bunch of outside people to overrun your town, right? I'm sure they hated that idea. Oh, yeah. And Harold Schechter wrote it in his book. He said that they saw it as they were making Ed's farm, quote, a museum for the morbid. Oh, yeah. And they wanted something to be done about it. In the early morning of March 20th, 1958, the Plainfield Volunteer Fire Department was called to Ed's farm. Ed's house was on fire, and it quickly burned to the ground as people in town watched. So someone just took it upon themselves to do it. And when Ed found out about his house, he said, quote, just as well. I also read that Bernice's son, Frank, that we talked about earlier, was the fire chief. Actually, was not real interested in investigating arson, so mm, I don't think that went anywhere. I could see him not giving a shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not sure he was sad to see it go. The fire destroyed pretty much all of Ed's belongings, um, but there were still some stuff that could be auctioned off. This included farming equipment and his car. Ed's 1949 sedan, which he used to haul dead bodies, caused a bidding war, and it was eventually sold for the man who purchased the car later put it on display at a county fair where thousands of people paid a quarter to get a look at Ed Gein's, quote, ghoul car, <laughs> as this guy called it. Ghoul car. He is a ghoul, though. Ed? Yeah. He's a ghoul. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So. That's accurately named. <laughs> I like that. I don't know what the definition of ghoul. <laughs> I don't know. If you look up ghoul, though, Ed Gein's a ghoul. Oh, all right. <laughs> After spending 10 years in the hospital where he was recovering. <laughs> recovering. <laughs> and it was basically just getting him medicated and 
evened out. Yeah. The courts finally decided that Ed was competent to stand trial. The proceedings began on January 22nd, 1968 to determine whether Ed was guilty or not by reason of insanity for the murder of Bernice Warden. And the actual trial began on November 7th, 1968. The people who testified were lab techs who performed the autopsy on Bernice Warden, a former deputy sheriff and the sheriff. There was really nothing to fight here. You know, Ed did what he did. He was found guilty of first degree murder. However, because Ed was found to have been insane at the time of the killing, he was found not guilty by reason of insanity and acquitted. But that wasn't like he was just going to go back to normal life. He was to spend the rest of his life at the Central State Hospital. So he was only actually tried and convicted for Bernice. He admitted to killing Mary, but they just didn't bother yeah. trying him on that one. And they found, you know, her remains and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. it was right there. Any reason for that? Like why they were? I heard the, <laughs> the cost and they're like, he's never getting out anyway. It's not really worth it. I don't know. How do you feel if you're her family, though? Yeah, like, I don't care about the cost. I want this mofo convicted. Right. So like yeah, the closure kind of, of it. Yeah. That's kind of weak. Kind of weak. Harold Schechter described Ed's sentence in the hospital, saying, quote, Eddie was happy at the hospital, happier perhaps than he'd been in his life. He got along well enough with the other patients, though for the most part he kept to himself. He was eating three square meals a day. The newsmen were struck by how much heavier Eddie looked since his arrest five years before. He continued to be an avid reader. He liked his regular chats with the staff psychologist and enjoyed the handicraft work he was assigned. Stone polishing, rug making, and other forms of occupational therapy. He had even developed an interest in ham radios and had been permitted to use the money he had earned to order an inexpensive receiver. All in all, he was a perfectly amiable, even docile patient, one of the few in the hospital who never required tranquilizing medications to keep his craziness under control. Apart from certain peculiarities, the disconcerting way he would stare fixedly at nurses or any other female staff members who wandered into his line of vision, it was hard to tell that he was particularly crazy at all. He sounds delightful. Model <laughs> patient, uh, just a... All around joy to be around. At least in here, sure. He's not bothering anybody. He's not causing issues. Probably the happiest he's ever been in his whole life. Like it's, and, and probably the treatment he needed his whole life. <clears throat> yeah. And that's not making, I don't want to make him out to be a victim, but this is what this guy needed. Yeah. Stability, structure, <clears throat> confinement. Medication. That's exactly what he needed. I don't even know if confinement, <laughs> though, if you were getting that stability, structure, and medication. Maybe you didn't need confinement yeah, maybe. necessarily. I'm I'm happier he's he was confined though. Well, given yeah. after what he did, <laughs> yeah, sure. sure. But this, you know, there that's something that has been lost from different you know government you know budget cuts and different things. But more than a 72 hour hold is needed sometimes, and I think that's a good thing. And With I'm the, not and I'm not saying that after all this he should have been let go. What I'm saying is if he had all of this from the beginning. Might have been this a different might not have ever happened. Sure, sure. You can always say that, yeah. And you're talking about well, mental health cuts and mental health cuts right. and funding in this country, sure. Yeah. Because a lot of times it's uh, 24 or 48 hours and we'll just send you on your way. Yeah. Get you back to baseline and then you're gone. Yeah. There needs to be a little bit more. 
for some people. But it was also a different time for these people where mental health was not really taken seriously or looked upon in the light that it probably is now. Well, and even more so being in a small town in in uh, Wisconsin. Yeah. Like even non, so. non-existent. Sure. Even yeah. more so, sure. And when we were talking last week about Ed seeing faces in the leaves laughing at him and stuff, schizophrenia wasn't even a term at that point, yeah. you know, so there wasn't. Let's be honest, though. Even if there was help available, he wasn't leaving his mother's side, so it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, or there was there, no help for Ed. No. You know, if there was help available back in this time period, they would have maybe fucking drilled a hole in his head and thought that was the you know the answer. Also to, true. You know, fixing him. He would have definitely gotten a lobotomy. Sure. From someone. I think that's reasonable. It's, just yeah. a, it's a different time. What happened to all the? I guess a lot of the, whatever was left in the house burned down. Yeah. What about all the crime scene evidence? I assume the lab just disposed of that via normal procedures after they were done testing. I would assume they would yeah. just destroy all that stuff. Well, that stuff would have been worth a fortune, huh? Yeah. Depending on, you know, I mean, there's collectors that want that shit. Yeah. What would you have done with a nipple belt, Dave? <laughs> would you have worn that out? I'd have the, worn it out dancing, Mike. Would you have worn it out to a local disco and back in the seventies <laughs> when you were a teenager? All right. He used my dancing shoes. <laughs> he what? He used the antifreeze to you know preserve the skin too. Because mm. you can't just dig up somebody and skin them. And is that what the antifreeze to, was all about? Yeah, like you can't expect skin to just you know. No, you're going to wear someone's skin. I you have I to preserve really, it. Yeah, I never really thought about that. Yeah, That's he, what he was asking about. Yeah, he had a whole process with the antifreeze and like hanging in a certain way. Guy's a Renaissance man. Look, he's a fucking chemist. He's a he's a scientist. He's and a he, gynecologist. <laughs> <laughs> the first gynecologist. And yet he went back to the same place every time for the uh, the antifreeze. Well, there's a two hundred person town. Where else is he gonna go? Only know. one hardware store. Let's go to the fucking Home Depot in Milwaukee. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's terrible for the victims because I f- I feel like I've been extra That's sympathetic awful. towards Ed this series. It's terrible for their victims. I couldn't even imagine if it was, especially even the ones that uh, that he just did the grave robbing on. Oh, I couldn't yeah, imagine yeah. one of my loved ones, um, <laughs> you know, because there's like a there's a crime scene evidence picture of, of gloves that he made, like human skin gloves mm-hmm. to wear. I've seen. Them. Like I couldn't imagine if that was my loved one that was dug up by somebody. I'm pretty sure that I would be quick to be like fuck that guy's mental health. I don't give a shit. Oh, you know? of course. And you can't ever um, rectify that. You can't ever disassemble, you know, these ornamental human skin things he's put together and put everyone's pieces back together in a yeah. proper grave. So, th- you know, those people never get to rest in peace, quote unquote. Yeah, that's, you can't take that back. That's the toughest back part of it. I think this one that. for me is all the, the victims that didn't maybe get their justice out of this one. Yeah, I mean, there's ton like, all the murders he committed or the graves he dug up, like you said, or, yeah. or the bodies he dismantled. Like if you're a loved one of them, like you want to see that justice and, and you didn't. I, I know myself, I would very much be like, I would feel robbed that he was just sitting in a hospital thriving. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I'd want to take him apart limb by limb. But as a whole, I think that's probably the right thing to do. Well, that's why victims are not on the jury or part of the, the decision-making, right? Like, Very true. There's right. a reason for that. Yeah. That's true. 
On July 26, 1984, Ed died after a long fight with lung cancer, and he was buried in Plainfield Cemetery next to his mother. His gravestone is not there anymore. People have chipped it away, like, yeah, take I read a that. piece. And then someone stole the whole thing, and they recovered it. Where did I read they recovered it? In Seattle or something. So now it's just in deep storage somewhere, and mm. it's in an unmarked grave. Which is also just disrespectful and stupid. It's people, I guess. I got, well, it is. Like, I'm not saying this man deserves the most elaborate burial, but, you know, he's dead and gone. Let's just let him have his place. Just do the do the uh, the, the pencil thing. Oh, the rubbing? The, the, rub, the rubbing, like they do for Jim Morrison and Jimi Hendrix's grave instead of chipping off pieces. It's still pretty fucking weird, though. Why would you want that? It's cool, bro. <laughs> Gonna get fucking Ed Gein's tombstone. There's a lot of uh, true crime aficionados out there. They certainly are. And if they're dumb enough to listen to us, they're probably dumb enough to steal a tombstone from somebody, right? <laughs> you'd be chipping it. off your gravestone when you're gone, buddy. Like, oh, Mike, now a pod. I'm going to have a gravestone. Come on. Find my body in a Motel 6. They're going to throw it in a dumpster. <laughs> a crack needle in my arm. I, I did read that um, people in the area still find his, like, know where his, where he's bought, or know where he was buried at. Well, yeah, it's next to his mom, who's probably still <laughs> <that headstone>. <laughs> <laughs> Like that it's a thing for kids to do. It's just a matter, oh, of, I'm sure, just a matter yeah. of left or right. Which one was it? Yeah. Like, they have issues, <laughs> you know, sometimes with kids going out there at night. Look, as someone who is who is uh, who has, I don't know, spent an afternoons searching grave sites. It's not the the most uh, fun time you can have out there, looking at grass, finding where you think someone might be buried. You got to masturbate while you're doing it and liven it up a little bit, Mike. <laughs> I would not do that. Hell, um, it's not the funnest of times, but you know. I guess it's better if it's a serial killer, maybe. It's spooky for sure. I could see being like 15 years old and going out looking for a serial killer's grave. Oh, all the time. Yeah. You dig him up and like put his butthole on your <laughs> on your wiener and te- teach him a lesson, right? I guess you could. Right? How about that, Ed? Take that, Ed Gein. <laughs> you fuck. Teach you to dig people up. Son of a bitch. Could it have been a? Do you think it could be a fake grave? <laughs> the real Ed Gein body somewhere else? Like maybe just threw it in the trash. But they're like, "Oh, this is where he's buried." So that way, if people did dig it up, that they find nothing. Mm. Be quite a ruse. I like it though. Maybe he himself is a belt now. <laughs> maybe buy it so. at Kohl's for twenty two ninety nine <laughs> in the thirty four to thirty six waste region. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> we can tell. <laughs> we kind of brought it up off and on throughout this uh, this series, but there's tons of stuff that uh, were inspired by Ed. Most notable stuff, Psycho, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, you know, characters. You got Norman Bates and Psycho, Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Buffalo Bill from oh, Silence definitely of the Buffalo Lamb. Bill. Oh yeah, when he's wearing that that scalp on his head. Oh, so creepy. Yeah, it rubs the lotion on its skin, or else it gets the Dude. hose again. Super creepy. 
One of my favorite movies. So good. When he gets angry, it's very creepy. Oh, it yeah. gets the point across. I think I mentioned last week that the guy that wrote Psycho lived like 40 miles from Plainfield. So 100% that was uh, inspired by this guy. I don't know how you can look at any of these movies and not think they aren't yeah. inspired. Like it's Especially Texas Chainsaw Massacre. With, yeah. There's just bones everywhere. Oh, yeah. and Absolutely. What else? Slayer song, Dead Skin Mask. Definitely. Okay. There's like, a band called Ed Gein. <laughs> They're all right. Hmm. Like that kind of grindcore. That first Texas Chains- Chainsaw Massacre, when I first watched it, was one of the most terrifying movies I've ever seen. It's pretty intense, yeah. Yeah. I was pretty young when I saw that. How many did they oh, make yeah. of the original? Like, how many did they make of that one? They didn't make us. A three, at least. It was a long time before they made a sequel, though. Like, well into the 80s, I think. Wasn't it? Well, I mean, Halloween did the same thing, right? Like, they did one and two, and then it was late in the 80s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. That first Texas Chainsaw Massacre is terrifying. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Was the remake good? I have not seen the remake. I like the remakes. I thought they were pretty good. Some of them were good. Like, the one with, uh, like, McConaughey was in one. Renee oh, the Zellweger. third. That was, there was third a bunch one. of them. Yeah, yeah. The third one, Matthew McConaughey was like the bad guy. That was a good one. Yeah, he had like that fucking mechanical leg and shit. And he was like, "All right, all right, all right, <laughs> you're going to die tonight, tonight, tonight." I forgot Renee Zellweger was in that too. Right? Yeah. Speaking of remakes, Ian, you got some shit about what? Loving the new Hellraiser. Oh, I liked it. Yeah. I stand by it. I thought it was cool. But you should also clarify, your list is not an all-time list. Oh, no. It was just shit to watch for Halloween this year. Right. And I think people took that out of context. You were just telling people of your top five movies that they should watch this Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Just watch them. And you did really like it. Mm Mm-hmm. But. I did enjoy it. You're not saying it's a top five all-time. No. Definitely not that. But I don't even remember what I said. I know I put. I know I put Nightmare on Elm Street 3. I think that was posted on, uh, what did we post this on? Instagram, maybe? Facebook? Instagram. Well, I, but it, I think it, it pushes I think through. Stacklin, yeah. does that go on Twitter too? He says no. <laughs> Instagram and Facebook. If you're on Twitter, I don't think it went to them. Lost out. Well, you got to get on the socials to follow us. Get all the scoops. Anyways, we released our top five favorite, either Halloween, horror, or this year movies. And uh, Ian said Hellraiser 2022. People really pushed back on that one. I thought it was good. I like the female pinhead. I enjoyed it. But he's not saying it's the greatest of all time. He's just saying you should watch it. He said check it out. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So fuck you and your mom. (laughs) Motherfuckers. Someone's heated. (laughs) Texas Chainsaw 2 was 1986. So then the third one had to have been in the 90s, right? With Matthew McConaughey. That one was definitely in the 90s. That is a good fucking sequel. The third one. Yeah. I'm not sure I saw that. But one. just for the, the cheesy factor. It's not like, oh, <laughs> yeah, man, I love like, this. Like a typical, like, Halloween or, yeah. or Nightmare Marin. 90. 90. 90. So, like, number two had, to, had uh, Dennis Hopper and Bill Mosley was in the second one. Oh, really? From uh, the Rob Zombie movie. Oh, yeah. Bill Mosley's awesome. Until he was a cop in fucking Halloween. Can't make Bill Mosley a good guy. <laughs> fuck out of here, Rob Zombie. What the fuck are you thinking? 
Anyways. Uh, all right. So final thoughts on that game. Pretty vile. Seems to be kind of the OG in some of this genre, right? Like what he inspired. I think that's why everybody thinks of him right off the bat, right? I think it sticks around because of, yeah, what he inspired in cinema, movies, and music and whatnot. There's a lot of people that said they found us because they search for Ed Gein. And that was initially our first episode. So there's got to be something to him yeah, to make him very popular. Like, I feel like even for someone like me who doesn't know a lot or pay attention, like when you see like the serial killer trifecta shirts or something, it's always like Kemper, Ramirez, Ed Gein. Like it's like the Mount Rushmore of like the serial killers. And that's interesting to me. I think it has a lot to do with that whole skin suit and all that stuff. <laughs> that, that helps that helps <laughs> yeah. boost your legend when you're building a skin suit of mommy sure and, and the fact that it was way back in the 50s so there wasn't you know that wasn't a thing back then but why does it stand the test of time then why does why is ed gein still up there with maybe the 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 geens the kempers the ramirez and the Dahmers? i like, think like a skin is that it I mean, you're got to you're taking a turn when you're willing to put someone else's skin, their face okay. over your face. Well, okay, so say with their hair included, like it was a full head <laughs> mask. Right. Say the pop culture didn't happen though, would he still be? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not so much. When you hear when people who like that genre of film and, and whatever else here, inspired by true events, like oh, well, what true events? I think they go back and look like oh, it's Ed Gein guy. <laughs> Fucking OG did some pretty crazy shit. I think that keeps him in the popular imagination of people. I think that probably sounds right. Good emo early 2000s band called From First to Last has a song where they reference Ed Gein and they say uh, that they'll wear someone's skin as a suit. Mm. True or false, you first saw that band because they opened for Asking Alexandra. False. <laughs> Hard false. <laughs> I don't think asking Alexandria was a band yet. Because we posted at the baseball game that you couldn't come because you were at an asking Alexandria concert. Yeah. I, I did not post that. <laughs> he, did. he wrote that fucking line, though. Don't let him lie to you. <laughs> that was his idea 100%. That didn't come from me. I was balls deep in hot dogs at that point. I can't recall that. <laughs> All right. So I don't know. I think. Uh, is, there, I think- is there any chance he was framed? By the police, by the fire chief, like I said earlier. In a word, no. <laughs> okay. I just like to cover my bases here. No, I actually think uh, he got off pretty easy, actually, with all the crimes he could have been convicted of. He got off really easy. I think that's right. He had a great life at the hospital, way better than he would have had otherwise. Living also, in a decrepit, disgusting fucking old farmhouse. Right. Seems that way anyway. Or or realistically, what would have happened is he would just would have been put to death. Right? Yeah. Like he just would have been yeah. would have been executed. That's what should have happened, sure. But well, but but should it have though for someone who was probably well, we're going a whole different road now. He we we've established he clearly was not cognitively able to probably understand what he was doing. And then you put him in a hospital and he kind of thrived for the most part. Yeah. I get that point. And I think that's a whole different 
debate for a whole other time. It is, of course. It is. It's hard um, to see him. It's hard to see him do so well. If you're well, one of those you victims, him, you don't want to see him do. Well. He should right. not be afforded that luxury, whether you're a victim or not. But but is it his fault he didn't get that treatment from the beginning? I don't know. And like, I feel like we're really late in this conversation to start having this debate. It's like Dahmer saying when he was caught saying like, for what I've done, I deserve to die. It's like, sure do. Yeah. But, um, but I think Dahmer and Edgine are very different people. That's what I mean. There's a, yeah. there's a big difference. They both did, you know, held on to body parts and things after people were dead. And but I, one clearly knew that he was evading police and trying, you know, that he was doing something wrong and playing the pity card. Right. Also, I think, yeah. To where Ed Gein was like, you know, basically like, Oh yeah, let's go see what's going on with that search for the person. I literally just killed not too long ago. Yeah. But aren't there mitigating factors in every criminals or at least a good portion of them? Yeah. I don't know how much of that you can use to excuse into account. I mean, well, I, I don't think this guy truly recognized what he was doing. Does that mean you? Does that mean you kill him? You end his life because he are you was are you asking a me a certain way? I no, I know what your answer is, <laughs> but I'm saying like, yeah, that's I, not, I, I that's think he should be okay. executed. I, 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 I mean, I don't think we should execute the worst of the worst, let alone a guy who truly doesn't under even understand what he's doing. What my point was when bringing this all up is that all of those victims that didn't get their, their just due, the, the families of them, mm-hmm. the ones who, you know, he cut their skin off, he dug up, the ones he killed that they didn't investigate. To me, that's the biggest issue here is they deserve their, their right to say, we had our due in court. We saw this man convicted of our person's death. Was there a lack of follow through on the investigation at the end there? With, well, I mean, they the did grave just, robbing stuff. Yeah. I mean, they, they looked into three of those and then the rest are like, yeah, we'll take your word for it. Yeah. But that doesn't, that's not a conclusion. Like if you're the family, doesn't they're seem like, to be, yeah. if you're the family you're like, yeah, we're going to take his word for it, that they killed your, your sister. But do rural Wisconsin communities with 200 people have the resources to even do that in the fifties? Maybe not. Maybe, Maybe it's just not. not something that they were capable and, of following through on. And again, I, uh, we always say in the show, we're not trying to speak for the victims. We don't know how they feel. Maybe the families felt content when he got locked away in that, yeah. you know, medical facility. I don't know. That's the biggest injustice to me. Fair enough. I'm glad we uh, revisited it. The quality of that first time was uh, <coughs> painful. Wasn't great. We'll get to Betty and Barney someday. <laughs> Got the book sitting on my uh, on my dresser waiting. <laughs> Maybe Mike will show some more respect to the late great Betty Hill. She's very much late. She ain't great. <laughs> Barney though was a snazzy dresser. I like I do like him. And uh, was it Delcy? Yeah, their dog, their yeah. wiener dog. I like that family portrait. Them and their photo. dog. It's fantastic. <laughs> For the before his life was ruined by her who. Made them paranoid that they were abducted. Got a fun one next week. What is next week? What is it? Stardust. Yeah. The Stardust boot, Ranch. Yeah, the bootleg Skinwalker Ranch. We're going to be talking about killing some greys with samurai swords out in Arizona. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah that's awesome. That's like a fucking uh, Tim Burton uh, Big Trouble in Little China movie type, right? Like, there you go. Yeah. 
That's awesome. All right. We discussed our uh, final thoughts, so let's get into it. New patron shout-outs. Thank you very much to Mike Moe, Eliza G., Virgil, Your Poor Husband, Melissa Reese, Uranus Needs My Penis, (laughs) (laughs) Phil99, Lyle Stressman, Mud, Wardy, Connor Gallagher, Cucks Across Australia, Erica Blankenship, Beers Like Friday Night, I Love You Guys, XOXO Katya, Alex and Andrew, Robin Kimball, Johnny Ashton, James Tong, Shayla, Stephanie, Matthew Knapp, Raging Raven, 5678, Oki Doritos, Mike's Dick is a Clip. (laughs) Wish. Mommy Drinks Wine and Swears, Emily Warner, Ivy Russell, Titus Clark, Brina, Jaeger Barrel, Amanda Kordiak, Gabrielle Balderas, Ian's Voice is Sexy, Kate Campion, Peter Dashkoff, Jess Ward, Marilyn Doust, E. Norma Stitz. (laughs) (laughs) Took me a second. Or lover mommy 07 Shane Smith Michelle Delland Justin Moore So Sulky Tyler Fleming Gregory Miller Ashley Sandler Catherine Cox Glenn Quagmire Stephen and Danya Dear Maria Jolie Cohen Firesteel 2020 Deegan Maestas Joe Lee, Claire Schultz, Aaron Loves Slan, Love, Aaron Loves Ian, I'm sorry, Didzy's Uterus, Ian Lager, Roberto Espinoza, Natasha Corns, Corey Posavid, Diesel, Danielle Owens, Heather Boykin. Thank you very much. We are at patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Ian. Or iTunes. I have one for will one of you pass me the cum jar? <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> uh, Whitney Lee, Miss Heady, one, two, three, Big Bart, 66, Kai Bro Mo, Chandler Everly, one, Melanie Loves Mike, Bigelow, The Beer Wizard, and Con Cannon. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. Dave, what do you got? All right, on the foreign reviews, I have one for Bogal in Sweden. I'm sure that's not pronounced correctly, even in the slightest. Kay Dinkelar from New Zealand. Sultry-voiced Ian from Canada. Oh, there's another one of you out there. (laughs) And uh, KK Daz 22 from Great Britain. Thank you so much. And on the uh, military shout-outs, I have Cody Lynn, U.S. Army Infantry. Mike Dalton, U.S. Army Airborne Infantry Vet, and Jacob Tubbs, recent Army Vet. Thank you so much for your service, guys. I appreciate you listening. Thank you. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at Necronomapod, patreon.com slash Necronomapod for all the bonus content. We have have some good stuff going on on Patreon right now with the old uh, murder of Lacey and Connor Peterson saga we got going on. Three parts. First time ever on Patreon. Big three-parter. Yeah. And we're going to have uh, 
I assure you we're going to have some very good stuff in November as well. You might want to check out a series we have done in the past that we're taking the Patreon. Mm. Intriguing. I'm intrigued. You <laughs> Want to know up. more? I'm you, intrigued. You <laughs> sign up. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Pod. We also have, <coughs> excuse me, a new merch site on spring. You can check it out on our website, necronomapod.com, or click the link tree on all of our socials, and it'll take you right to our, uh, uh, they'll, they'll, or our link will pop up to take you all to our new merch. We've got wine glasses. we got coffee tumblers, mugs. What's a coffee tumbler? I don't know. It's whatever the big tumbler is, right? That's what I thought it was. Oh, is that what it is? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what people fucking put that. <laughs> I just drink beer. Whiskey. <laughs> Anyways, that's why we don't own coffee yeah, tumblers. That's why that, we have glassware <laughs> or plasticware, whatever it is. And there's uh, there's posters now you can order. There's a few posters and shirts and hoodies and long sleeves. Worldwide shipping, in fact. Worldwide shipping. Whoop whoop. <laughs> Worldwide <laughs> shipping. Finally, <laughs> you should have let that play out. Go ahead, you do it again. Worldwide shipping! <laughs> oh, hell yeah! Even to Australia, motherfucker!